Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. I get to, I get to answer the question, uh, why do good, uh, bad things happen to good people? Uh, which I'm, I love that I get to answer this one because I feel like I have asked this in one form or another or had to wrestle with this. Uh, anyone here ever been angry at God? Would you raise your hand? Right, if you've, if you've never been angry with God, that's wonderful. Uh, if you have, that's pretty normal. It's, you know, when, when you hit tragedy, when you hit things that go beyond your understanding, emotions and stuff come out that you didn't even think you had. When you get to the end of what you're able to explain, then you, 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 you get into unknown territory and sometimes we're lost and sometimes uh, we direct our anger at God. But I want you to know something about God. He's a big dude. Like, he's not scared of, of, of those things. He's not just waiting to smite you because you're in a, in a place of turmoil or, or, or misunderstanding. But uh, why I've been so excited to... to um, preach this today is because of uh, the hope that when we go through those circumstances, which we all will at some point, uh, that this can alleviate some of the mental suffering that we go through in asking the question, why? Uh, I don't know if you've had that in your life, but we all face it at some point where we've got this why, why, why? And it can be as much torture asking the question why as the event that we went through, trying to figure out uh, these things. So anyway, I can answer this very quickly. Uh, uh, why do uh, bad things happen to good people? I'm going to do it in, let's see, maybe three minutes. Let's try. So, yeah, I'll take my lights. <laughs> so, all right. Bad things happen to good people because of the presence of evil. This, that's the answer. So, Thank you for coming today. Please tip your pastors on the way out. (laughs) Now, please understand, when your heart is broken, there are very few things that can be said that satisfy a broken heart. And we must be very careful. Obviously, you know, we're talking here in a training setting. But somebody who's just lost someone close to them, Probably don't go to them and say, this happened because of the presence of evil. You know what the best thing to say to people who are hurting? Does anybody know? I'm going to give you gold here this morning. Something you can always say to somebody who's in a terrible circumstance or tragedy or something. Are you ready for this? Say nothing. (laughs) Just be quiet and, and just love them. Just be there for them. We, we feel like we always have to have an answer. And sometimes the answer is just, just, what does the Bible say? Weep with those who weep. Mourn with those who mourn. Like, just be present in the situation. Just show love. We don't have to have an answer. Because 99.9% chance, you don't know what you're talking about. Life is so complex and so big and so interwoven. We really are, are, are just guessing at whatever answer comes out of our mouth. But why do bad things happen to good people? It's because of the presence of evil. It's why bad things happen to bad people as well. 
Why do good things happen to bad people? Because of the grace of God. The same reason that good things happen to good people. So let's go through three verses here. John 10, 10, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I've come that you might have abundant life. Now, reading that, there is no promise there that, that says you will have a pain-free life. It says an abundant life, but it doesn't say void of anything else. So don't confuse that, this expectation like, I'm a Christian, nothing should go wrong for me. No, it's, you're in a war. Nobody goes to, to fight overseas and like, oh, I can't believe they shot at me. I'm so offended. <laughs> Those people don't like me. I just, this doesn't even make sense. But there is. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. There's a very clear dividing line there, but it's not saying that my life is now void of anything bad happening to me. But when it does, Anything that is, is, is corruptive, corroding, is because of the evil that has entered the world. And I'm going to show you now, and I'm going to teach you some science. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. So where there is sin, there is, there is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life. He has our promise. It's the eternal life. Yes, we have blessing in this life. And yes, we experience, like we were singing, God's favor and on the children and their children and some more children and those children around there as well and some other children. But there are other things happening in this world. Romans 8.22, For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. Every time I see a tornado, an earthquake, a volcano, I think about this verse. This is what it means. The earth, ever since sin came into the earth, it, it affected all of creation. And, and the, the earth is groaning like, why did God send that tornado? He didn't. It is the earth reacting to the sin. It's, it's groaning, waiting for this earth to be remade. I was very young, maybe Josh's age, uh, when a pastor came to preach at our church in South Africa, and he taught us about the third law of thermodynamics, and I never forgot it. Changed my life. Does anyone here know the third law of thermodynamics? Basically, what it says is anything left to itself is going to deteriorate. Why is this so important? Because this is exactly Romans 8.22. They've just put it in a law, but the Bible had it before then. Anything left to itself will deteriorate. There is another law. If you leave any cables left to themselves, they're going to tangle themselves up while you're sleeping. <laughs> but anything left to itself is going to deteriorate. Sometimes somebody's tire blows on the highway. It wasn't an act of God, and it, it wasn't a direct act of Satan. This is the, the earth deteriorating things uh, at, in motion, the, the, law, the, the third law of thermodynamics at work, right? Deterioration and all of these things. You hear what I'm saying? We have to open up our, our mind bigger that there are things happening within this earth. God created this earth. He created it with laws and rules and, and these kind of things that are in motion. We don't float. That's a law. So if you trip and fall down the stairs, it was the law in motion. But that same thing keeps you from just drifting off into the sky like a helium balloon. 
So, so this wasn't the work of evil. This was just the law put in place that is in motion. But volcanoes, when a volcano erupts and kills a bunch of people, that wasn't Satan like busy, you know, tweaking two stones at the volcano trying to make this thing erupt. No, this is the earth reacting to sin. Why did God do that? God put laws in motion. And we're going to get to the next thing. And free will took those laws and put it subject to sin. And sin leads to death. You hear what I'm saying? So the easy answer is because of the presence of evil, that's why bad things happen to good people. The more complex question that I think is really being asked is this. Why does God allow bad things to happen to his children? That's a much more complex question. Why does God allow it? If God is all-powerful and God can conquer sin and God is, you know, Satan is no match for God, why does God allow all these bad things to happen on this earth? Why does God allow rape? Why does God allow murder? Why does God allow all these things? Couldn't he have stopped it? Shouldn't he have stopped it? And if he didn't stop it, is he really good? Do you see where this road goes? And I have wondered these questions myself. It's very easy to talk about God's goodness when it's happening to somebody out there. But when it's striking your own family and your own home, suddenly you start to go like, uh, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> There's been a foul on the field here. Can we get the, can we get the television uh, replay here? We would be so prideful. I'm not saying this is the reason we go through things. We go through things because of the presence of evil on this earth. But imagine how prideful we would be if we did not have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and realize that it is God is the one who sustains us and leads us. We'd be terrible, awful people. And, and it's usually younger people who are like this because they haven't experienced enough life yet. It's very easy to be know-it-all when you haven't actually had anything happen to you. It's like single people who want to give advice about parenting. Just be quiet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my children are never, Okay. Okay, we'll wait. I'm writing this down in my book so I can revisit this in three years from now. God, why didn't you prevent this? Why didn't you help? Why didn't you this, 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 this? Do you know that God has never answered my question on why? Not once. And then I read the Bible with Job and I realize he never answered Job's question either. But what I can tell you is, that as I've trusted God, I have always seen good come out of every situation that I asked why. But he's never answered the why. Can I tell you why? Because we think if we knew why, then we would understand and would ease our pain. But it, that's not the important question. And when Job comes before God like, why, why, why? And God's like, were you there when I set the foundation of the earth? Were you there when I set the seas? Were you there? And like for two chapters, he's just saying all these things and by the end you know what God what Job says he's like excuse me <laughs> because he realized that was the wrong question why won't change our circumstance it won't bring the healing that we think it will but God is faithful 
And God has never left me alone, but he's never answered my question why. But I can look back over my life during those circumstances that I thought it was game over. And I can see a very different picture to the point that I go like, I don't want anything to change. Here's, here's the thing. We, we have so much, and it, it doesn't sound right to say this, but pride and arrogance to think that we know what good is. It's like art, right? There's some art that I'm like, come on. Somebody's playing a prank. There's no ways that this is good art. This is the art and it's worth $10 million. Like I drew this when I was four. <laughs> but someone's like, no, no, this is good art. And he published a book, so we must listen to what he says. But there, Jesus said this. There's only one that's good. You know, and this is, this is Jesus saying, there's only one that's good. We so often determine what is good for our lives. And like, this is what good looks like. And this is how it should. And anything out of that, then it's bad. But I want you to just briefly think back in your life about some things that you thought were really good. And now you look back and you're like, I'm so glad that that didn't happen. Right? Your first heartbreak. Like, oh, my life's over. I can't believe it. My girlfriend... I'm 12 and she's left me <laughs> all alone. My life will never be good again. I'm just saying if we think back, we've all got hundreds and hundreds of moments where we determined what was good. And now years down the line, we mature enough to, to now look back and go like, that wasn't good. I know with my kids, they truly believe certain food groups are good. Right, if, if I could just eat a hamburger, you know, every day, that would be good. But as a parent and, and knowing nutrition and all of these things, but there's no way you can explain it to them. They, they, they can't handle the concepts of, of nutrients and whatever it might be. So you say, just trust me. And that's what I feel God does. There's no ways our brains could even contain and understand the intricacies just go out and look at the stars and, and just try to fathom the stars and all the connections and everything going on with the stars, keeping them in, in the sky and all of that. And then think about how much more complex your DNA and everything going on. And we think we know what is good. It's crazy, right? And that's part of the problem is we calling out good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. When we... We, we look at a painting like from this far away. Yeah, I don't think this is good art. But to truly understand this, it has to be like there and you have to walk all the way here. And that's why often older people are far wiser because they've learned to see life from a further back perspective. When you're a new parent who remembers when you first had your baby and you're like smothering that thing all the time. By the time you, I've seen, you know, parents with four kids, they're like, ah, the baby will get home from the hospital by itself. Like, <laughs> just put it in an Uber, it'll be fine. <laughs> because you've learned some things. And one thing we have to know is God's faithfulness. It hurts. Tragedies hurt. They can be overwhelming. It can feel like we're drowning. But if you can just hold on to His faithfulness, there is a promise. There is a promise, not that we won't have tragedy, but there is a promise 
that God will turn it for good if we trust Him. Right? That's Romans 8.28, and we will read that. You hear what I'm saying? So why do bad things happen to good people? Why doesn't God stop bad things from happening? And the answer is, it's, it's simple answers, but very complex thoughts. It's free will and perspective. My, I, I shared this with you. Uh, my, my, my cousin was killed by a drunk driver when she was 21, coming home from my other cousin's wedding. So life of celebration. My cousin was a good person. Her fiancé was a good person. They played in the worship band. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. <laughs> killed by a drunk driver who wasn't a good person, driving on the wrong side of the road. God, why did you let that happen? Because they were good people. Do you know how much karma has woven its way into our belief system. Karma's in all American belief system. We don't even realize how much we believe in karma. Karma is not biblical truth. Karma is if I do good, then good will happen. If I do bad, then bad will happen. If that's the case, we are all toast. Well, I'm a good person. Are you telling me you don't have one bad thought? Because Jesus said, even if you look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery. You're in trouble. <laughs> if it's up to common, none of us are making it. Just I want you to know. That's why Jesus came to shed his blood so that it was by God's grace that we are saved. Amen. And that we don't get what we deserve. You hear what I'm saying? Karma says I get what I deserve. Grace, I don't get what I deserve. In fact, Jesus took it so that I get what he deserved. You with me? But free will. That guy... Who, who had the choice to get drunk that night. Was it God's will for that guy to, to run into my cousin? And, and, I've, and I've reasoned this out with people like, yes, it was God's will because he allowed it. God allowed free will, yes. But listen to me. We know that scripture says, do not be drunk with wine. So it was not God's will for that man to be drunk that night. You with me? It wasn't his will. Nor is it God's will for somebody to rape, murder, or do any of those other things because it's very clear not to do that in Scripture. So then that's not his will. You can never say if somebody's raped that that was God's will because he allowed that to happen. No, he gave us the power of free will and we choose then what to do with that. As long as there is free will, I can choose to follow God or not follow God. And that man chose to do something else that night. Now, listen to this. My cousin did nothing to deserve dying that night because of a drunk driver. But our choices affect those around us. That has always been the case. Adam and Eve's choices affected us today. When I choose to not follow God as a father, my children and my wife will pay the price. And they may be innocent by our limited understanding of terms. You say, well, Brent, then just people's sins is going to just overrun my life? It's possible that people's sin will interfere with your life. But here's the promise that you've got to hold on to. Romans 8, 28 again. God will work all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So that I have a promise that no matter how much sin is bumping up against my life, yeah, but what happens if somebody dies? You're thinking too small. In a thousand years from now, is it really going to matter if we lived 20 years or we lived 120 years? We're thinking so small in terms of eternity. 
When I think back to primary school, there were some things that seemed so massive. Now I look back and I laugh because it didn't even matter. It didn't even matter what my teacher thought of my speech and gave me a B instead of an A. You hear what I'm saying? But now I'm looking back from the other side of eternity of primary school. But in the moment, it was, oh, no. I've got nobody to eat lunch with. My life sucks. <laughs> now I'm married to a beautiful woman. It doesn't matter. You hear what I'm saying? So, yes, people's sin affects our life. And we also have this thing of, of the third law of thermodynamics at, at motion. If I don't get my tires changed, I can't blame God or Satan when I have a blowout on the highway. Or someone else has a blowout and that tire hits my car or something like that. So, Joshy and I are coming back from football one night in, in, the, um, in the Tesla, which is a, you know, it's a, it's a low car. And somebody's hit a hog probably in a big truck, and it's a black hog in the road. We come over the top, and we smoke that hog. $10,000 damage to my car. What did I do to deserve that? I'm picking up my son. I'm a good father. <laughs> but we can't think in those terms. Life happens. But God will work everything out for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So I don't have to ask the question, why did this happen? Because there are so many interconnected things that could have led to that moment. But I can rest in God that he can take what my brain cannot even fathom and bring good out of it. Hear what I'm saying? It's just so important to understand. I posted this on, uh, on, on Loop the other day. Um, about the Chinese farmer. Um, a Chinese farmer has, you know, they, they're poor, he's got one son and they've got one horse and he uses this horse to, to farm. And one day the horse runs away and all his neighbors come over and they're like, oh, that's, that's terrible. What bad news that is. And the farmer's like, maybe, maybe not. It's too early to call. You hear what I'm saying? But, but we, we so badly want to label something. Well, that's bad. His horse ran away. How can that be good? perspective the next day the horse comes back with a whole herd of horses or, or whatever you call them flock or <laughs> all these horses come back and now the neighbors come over and they're like this is incredible this is a miracle this is amazing and the farmer's like maybe so maybe not it's too early to call so now they're in the horse business and you know the the, the son's out there busy wrangling his horses and he falls and he breaks his leg and all the neighbors are back again. Oh, this is terrible. What bad news. So I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Don't ever say that. So, and the farmer says, maybe so, maybe not. It's, you know, it's, it's too early to call. Then the next day, the army comes around to, to enlist his son, but they can't enlist him because he's got a broken leg. And the neighbors are like, oh, this is amazing. This is a miracle. This is, you know. And the farmer says the same thing. Now, I'm not saying that we don't take a, a time to rejoice and thank God for every good thing. But I am saying it's just calm down in labeling things because what we think is good is not, is not good sometimes. And what we think is bad is not actually bad in the grand scheme of things because God is working through it. And I, and I, gave, I gave this example on loop and I'll tell you. 
Do you know that the, winning the lottery, we would all say that has to be good. Like, how could it not be good to have hundreds of millions of dollars? But do you know that the lottery has ruined more lives than it's helped? Most people who have won the lottery, like, they say it's the worst thing that happened to them. That's what I'm saying. We think this, there's consequence for, for everything that happens. And then somebody, some, some child who's born with a deformity or a deficiency or something like that, we would look at that and say, oh, that's bad. We feel so sorry for you and everything like that. My niece has half of her brain. Right? We look, oh, that's so hard. We are not looking at this in light of eternity and all that this can become. Only at the end will we look back and go like, like Job, excuse me. <laughs> I'm not worthy. I, I, I'm sorry, uh, wrong number, right? It's <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. It's too early to call. And, and, I, and I think about my niece. I mean, she's an angel on this planet. And, and, and the good that she's, now I'm not saying that, that God caused her to be born like that. But what I'm telling you is God is working through that in a way that, that we can't even fathom or comprehend. When I was sexually abused at nine years old by the Bible teacher at school, that was not God's will for that man to do that. You hear what I'm saying? That was not God's will. But looking back through my life and, 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 and what God's done through that, I would not want to go back and change that because I really like what he's done. But in the moment, it was terrible. You with me? Only God can do this. And we say, oh, no, I wish. Paul said, you know, take this away. And God's like, my grace is sufficient. God wasn't causing those people to torment him. But God was giving him the grace because he's looking at a much bigger perspective than what we see. So many times we're so limited in our view that we don't understand what can actually come out of it. And that's where the trust comes. Lord, I thank you that you are doing this. When, when, when I got hit with that, that lawsuit in Aspen, for they were accusing me of hacking that um, hedge fund in New York, right? And people say, well, did you do it? And I just say, come look at my McLaren. But... It was, it was such a dark time of my life. And I looked up to heaven and said, God, like, why are you allowing this to happen? Like, I did nothing to deserve this. But God wasn't doing it. That was a man making a choice because of corruption or whatever it might be that was now his sin was spilling onto my life. But God works all things for good. By the end of that whole story, I'm so glad that happened because the business grew, the church grew. I had a fantastic story that I would never want that not to happen. But at the time, oh, I mean, it looked like the end of our lives in America. It looked like, I mean, my business crashed overnight. It was awful. People at the church were accusing me of being a fraud. And it was terrible, terrible, terrible. Now looking back, like, what a ride. Just give it time. Just give it time. And God's faithfulness will turn it. And we see death as such a final thing. But death, 
after a thousand year reign, it's going to look like nothing. It was, just, it was just a little thing. You hear what I'm saying? When I was in school, like one school year, it, it felt like dog years, right? It felt like seven normal years. Now you look back, it was just so quick. And it didn't matter if I was at school for 10 years or if I was at school for 15 years, it would have felt the same. But in school, it felt forever. Perspective. So free will and perspective. God allows free will. So people can choose to do certain things. And those things affect all of us. Why doesn't God intervene? Well, at which level do you want God to intervene? How many of you had a bad thought this week? Please raise your hand. Okay, for those who didn't raise your hand, please raise your hand for having lied in church. <laughs> Just because you have a bad thought doesn't mean you're a bad person. You can't stop thoughts coming in your head. You can stop acting on them, but we are exposed to things all the time. At what level do you want God to intervene? Do you want him to stop the thoughts coming in your mind? Do you want him to stop the actions you're taking? Well, guess what's disappearing with all of those things? Free will. It's so much more complex than what we think. It's like when I give my, um, how I think we can fix America, right? I'm like, we need a dictator. Done with democracy. <laughs> Just sort it out. No more voting. Just come in. <laughs> Sounds so simple. Romans 8.28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to the purpose for them. My wife and I were traveling the other day and our flight got canceled. Who loves that? Hashtag blessed. Right after I posted that post that Jesus was our Uber driver. Anyway, we, uh, uh, our flight got canceled and now we have to fly to like, to Chicago. So we're flying further away than where we wanted to go. But we came back on first class. They, they just upgraded us. Now, this is what I'm talking about. My wife and I had such a fantastic flight that after that whole trip was done, I was like, I was so glad they canceled our flight. Because that first class was fantastic. And I didn't do that thing that first class people normally do where they don't look at you because they know you hate them, right? So... I looked at everybody getting on that flight. First class. That's just a simple example of what I'm talking about. Having your flight canceled is not a wonderful thing. But watching it get rerouted into something beautiful, that's Romans 8.28. But it takes time and it takes trust and it's so much more complex than I'm like, I'm so glad that you are God and I am not because I don't know how you do what you do, but I don't need to know because you're amazing and I just get to trust you and follow you. I got the better end of the bargain here, I think. Amen? So, I hope that that gives you peace as we walk through these things. It doesn't mean you're not going to hit wobbles. But when we encourage one another, encourage one another in, in, in ways to remind ourselves that God is faithful and God is at work. And as, as the Bible says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You'll look back and see it. God is faithful. 
I used to have to, I used to feel the need to have to defend God. Now I'm like, I don't have to. Why? Because it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. His goodness will take care of it. Just give it time. And you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Isn't that wonderful? You don't have to ask why. You can just trust and ask God what, what what do you want me to do here? How do you want me to respond? Where do I I go from here? But when you look back on your life, you're like, wow, I'm really, I am hashtag blessed, right? It's amazing the things that God can do and, and weave together when we allow him. But bitterness, bitterness will stop you seeing that and it will stop those things happening. And whether it's bitter against God, whether it's bitter against yourself or bitter against other people, get it out of your life as fast as you can. And it doesn't mean it's easy. There are some things that I really have to work at to, to get bitterness out of my life. But I, I start with saying this has no place. Even though I'm struggling with it, I don't make excuses for that bitterness in my heart and my life. This has no place. This has to go. And then I ask the Lord to help me rid myself of that so that he can begin to work in our lives. Daniela and I have been robbed of millions and millions of dollars. Right? You want to be bitter about something? But there is zero bitterness in our life towards that. Why? Because then I stop God working. And God doesn't need millions of dollars to make your life amazing. We have pigs born every day at our ranch. It's amazing. And being a member of Velocity Church, we have got you gifts. All of you, every single one. Please come past our ranch and get a pig, okay? (laughs) You with me? Let the Lord work. Let it go. Stop demanding that He give you what you think it should be and let Him do the work that He's trying to do. Let me pray. Pastor, would you come up? Lord, thank you for your word that has gone out. Thank you for your kindness and your faithfulness and your goodness. Lord, that we would shift our eyes onto the right things and allow you to do what you are so good at. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.